Okay, welcome to the Game Link Podcast. This is episode three. Today we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat. You said it wrong. It's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is awesome. Um, if anybody doesn't already know me, my name is Lebby. This is my friend Elmer. Hello. Um, we're, yeah, I think we're knocking out these these podcast episodes and we're having a lot of fun, so... Um, before we start, um, what did you do this week, Elmer? How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was all right. I uh, got to go spend some time with the missus uh, and her family up north, a uh, few miles north of where we're recording here. And uh, considering her family's originally from Michigan, I got to be the lone bear. Well, no, there's another Bears fan sitting there just watching the Bears steamroll <laughs> over the Lions, which was uh, quite interesting. But at the same time, no, it was a nice, fine little get-together. So, up cool. yourself. Um, well, yeah, let's see. I, I watched all of the, uh, the Cowboy Bebop live action, which I loved. I'm definitely going to be rewatching that. Um, let's see. Yeah. Then we did, we did two Thanksgiving, my folks and, uh, my partner's folks. And, uh, yeah, so I ate a lot. What else did I do? I had a, like, I had a really long weekend, which was nice, but I don't, don't think I really did anything. Like I normally play games or something, but yeah, I just watched Bebop. Pretty much, that movie's great. <laughs> you had a long weekend. I'm having a normal weekend because guess you got to work on Black Friday. <laughs> and uh, for maybe some new listeners here or whatnot that don't know, I don't work technically in retail. I work as a pawnbroker. So as I like to say, I work in both retail as well as small claims <laughs> loan acquisitions. Oh boy. Oh, you wouldn't believe all of the Black Friday deals people were bringing in to me going, Hey, uh, how much can I get for this? And then I'm like, well, uh, considering I can see when it was made, it's unopened. And knowing what today is, it, pretty much a third of what you are uh, what you paid for, which I can look at right now. So yeah. that was fun. <laughs> First thing that came in was a speaker system. And I took one look at that and I said, how much are you looking for? And she told me the price that she paid for it. And I said, no, you didn't. I'm like, what? How do you know that? I'm like... Uh, because I was looking at this exact same Vizio speak Bluetooth speaker set, and I was planning and picking one up after work tonight myself. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you fifty bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't have to work Black Friday, but I did get some good deals. So I got a new uh, got a new TV, sixty five inch, which we are now staring at ourselves on here. Four <laughs> by three is in technology grand. Yeah, it's like I I, I don't know it. It's smart and like pretty good quality but it doesn't let me set the picture size so i didn't have time to troubleshoot it but my computer no matter what i set the resolution to uh, the tv is displaying it at four by three so that's fun i get to figure that out uh, i love new technology um but yeah then i just got a couple other deals on like like a coat and some other things shoes and whatever so what kind of coat uh just a pea coat i i bought my pea coat for twenty dollars like six years ago and it's falling apart <laughs> so wasn't uh, it like one of those target brands like stage six or whatever they call them no it was some chinese brand i got it off of amazon it was just literally like the cheapest coat on amazon back in like 2015 <laughs> yeah, about that. yeah no uh the deals were pretty good i mean i wasn't planning on doing like black friday shopping or anything but I mean, they ended up being such good deals, I couldn't pass them up, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, let's see. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how my week went. It was it was good. I enjoyed myself. Um, so yeah, Mortal Kombat. Uh, we watched the movie from when that was that nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Um, and not that it's a object objectively good movie, but. I know <laughs> I've watched this movie like multiple times before. I do like this movie to begin with. So, um, yeah, obviously it's based off the game Mortal Kombat that came out in 1992. Um, developed by Midway. Um, so, yeah, the the whole thing with Mortal Kombat is like it was right after Street Fighter kind of like made a big boom. In America, and so, um, what was this guy's name? John Tobias. Uh, he was like working at Midway at the time, and he was a really big fan of like old Bruce Lee movies, like Enter the Dragon, and uh, like John Claude Van Damme movies, like Bloodsport and stuff. And so he would like watch these movies and then get all inspired and go and like create characters and and do art and stuff. So he uh, he ended up getting a deal so like let's see um getting a deal from midway to make uh, a fighting game and you know he his whole purpose with the game was to he wanted it to be like brutal and uh oh my picture's frozen yep. he wanted it to be like brutal and violent and stuff so one second this is gonna happen every Every time I should just get should get a new capture card. Anyway, so he wanted this game to be like brutal, gory, and violent. Um, and so he had a lot of like ambitions for games that, uh, you know, wasn't really the norm. Um, so they said like we'll give you six months to uh to make the game, and <laughs> he said he okay he did it. So what he did is he he took a bunch of friends from. Um, from like it, growing up and stuff who just happened to be martial artists and uh, they all went into like a small studio and uh, with the help of a trampoline and some green screen or I guess blue screen back in the day they like took real life like uh, video and photos of these people like doing the moves and uh, they like, digitized it into the characters which uh, <laughs> one of his goals was he was like, I'm going to look at Street Fighter not to figure out what to do, but to figure out what not to do. So Street Fighter was really cartoony. Mortal Kombat was real, um, re like a lot more like, yeah, gory and realistic. Um, he he wanted um, Jean-Claude Van Damme to be in the game really bad, but Jean-Claude uh, turned him down. So they still put him in the game just as Johnny Cage. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's see, where am I at my notes? Um, so the game was, uh, yeah, bloody and brutal and became an instant hit. Um, like you had things like fatalities, which were like, you'd be ripping out someone's skull and spine or people would be thrown down into a pit of spikes and stuff like that. And, uh, fatalities were like, just like this, such a new, like awesome thing that like, people really wanted to try all the button combos to see like what fatalities they could get and um so yeah it really really caught on 
Um, it was really controversial when it came out, obviously because of the blood and gore. Um, and so it was like, you know, a lot of parents didn't realize that, like, you know, kids were uh, that video games weren't just for kids. And it was really hard for people to accept, so uh, it just caused a huge uproar. And ironically, <laughs> all the negative press around it really helped sell the game. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. Um, Wasn't it this and Doom were the two big games that helped to influence the actual creation of the ESRB? Yeah, yeah, this was definitely one of the big ones. Was like, yeah, people got so upset over it that esrb ended up having to get <laughs> formed but um yeah because well, yeah i think uh yeah it was the esrb and then like the actual like you know for adult audiences only on like cds that quote-unquote tipper sticker i believe that this is one of the things <laughs> that helped to influence that so <laughs> yeah yeah this is definitely a great game and like I, I don't know about you but like i've played a lot more mortal Kombat than i have street fighter i'm still not good at fighting games <laughs> But I did play this game quite a bit, and I even own a couple of them for, like, I think PS3 and, and stuff. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, but... No one wants to talk about I, I think I own that game specifically because it was in a bargain bin at one point. <laughs> well, and everybody's just like, oh, sweet, I get to rip Superman's head off as uh, Scorpion? This is going to be <laughs> awesome. And then you're sitting there like, wait... Yeah, they they nerfed a lot of stuff in that game because you know Warner Brothers. We can't have our brand look yeah. like that. Yeah, they can't. You know, you can't let someone dismember your character. That's your intellectual property. You know. So yeah, yeah I let's let Zack Snyder movies do that. <laughs> More so, just the morality of the character than anything else. So yeah, I am a a pretty big fan of Mortal Kombat. I mean, maybe not pretty big, but I'm a fan of Mortal Kombat. I do like the games, although I'm bad at them. And I have seen, I think, almost all the movies. I think the one I haven't seen is, like, the Scorpion one. But uh, we could probably do a bonus episode on that or something. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either, so I'm kind of excited, too. The new cartoon <laughs> one. I just know that there's, spoiler alert, reference to the Shaggy meme from, like, two years ago in it. I'm just like, mm, <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh yeah, speaking of like more like WB and Shaggy and stuff, uh there's apparently like a new Smash Fighters type game made by WB where you can play as Shaggy and he has uh <laughs> he has like like Goku powers. Oh my god. <laughs> um so we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it's not gonna be great, but it's free to play, so I'm sure a lot of people will be playing it. Oh, also Matthew Lillard is he gonna be voicing Shaggy then? Probably not. They always get different voice actors for games, which really upsets me. I mean, obviously there's cases where they don't do that, and I appreciate that. But yeah, a lot of people like they'll, they'll argue that the contract doesn't allow for whatever, whatever, and they'll get different voice actors. Yeah, they're cheaper. <laughs> Well, kind of funny, though, that we were talking about with Shaggy being in the cartoon movie and stuff like that. Not to segue too quickly into it, but I just thought, that eh, kind of a neat little coinkydink there. Um, there was actually another Scooby-Doo reference in the original Mortal Kombat movie here. The grunts, growls, and from Goro, as well as the sound of Reptile, and then the voice of uh, Shao Kahn at the end is all voiced by the great Frank Welker, which if you ever want to get fired from your work pretty quickly, go to IMDb. 
and hit print on actual uh, parts or for acting credits and stuff like that for Frank Welker. If you want, you can check to see how many he's up to. <laughs> you hit print on that, you're going to run out of every single sheet of paper in the entire goddamn department. So <laughs> it gets up to just under 800 credits or something like that the man has. And the way that he's connected to uh, Scooby-Doo is Frank Welker, his first voice role ever, which he's now played that character for over 50 years now, is he is the one and original Fred Jones oh. Scooby-Doo. Which now, actually, now he's the voice of Scooby-Doo as well. Gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, that's... Um... Oh, and he was Nibbler on Futurama. So that's where <laughs> I know you know him from. Okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but that wraps up um, the notes I had. I know there's a lot more about it. Like, there's, like, the whole tournament side of Mortal Kombat. And uh, this this game has so much to it. I, I could not gather enough data on it <laughs> in, in the week I had. One word. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little Easter egg. Hell, I mean, we could talk for hours just about the incorporation of Reptile into that original game. <laughs> that being just the, like the probably the hardest Easter egg this side of the cow yeah. level in Diablo. Just so. a palette swap. <laughs> so, kind of just kind of stemming off of what he was saying then about just their influence on martial arts films as well as Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, famously, one of the things that was told about it is that they originally approached Van Damme because of his uh, work in films like, well, <laughs> Bloodsport, famously. Um, We've talked about for like three weeks in a row or something now. Well, because I wore the t-shirt the, <laughs> yeah. the first week, but yeah, Bloodsport and Kickboxer, which is my favorite of the kind of uh, his original work. Better in Bloodsport. I mean, funnily enough, uh, same producer, same writer, same star, same director. Hilariously <laughs> enough, um, his name ah, ah. Uh, stan bush who did the you got the touch song for uh transformers <laughs> did both the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah he did the uh theme songs for both blood sport and kickboxer and the kickboxer one's a little bit better but um anyway uh so they approached van damme originally to try to be in it and to actually have it be based off of like sections from his movies and i can't remember if it was specifically him or his agent basically told him to go fuck off. So they ended up kind of going, well, shit, now what are we going to do? And one of the biggest influences that they said that helped to get the tone of it, along with, say, Enter the Dragon, just with kind of how they have the stages and the octagon, uh, was a little movie from 1985 called Big Trouble in Little China, the <laughs> seminal John Carpenter classic. You watch that movie and you're like, oh, my God, this is the prototype for Mortal Kombat. Egg Shen is Raiden. Uh, Lo Pan is Shang Tsung. Um, you know, you got everything from a character that uses rain, a character that uses wind, a character that, you know, shooting electricity all over the place. Jack Burton, for the most part, the great, the immortal Kurt Russell. You can just take one look at him with that in his white, um, white tank top, and you're like, yep, that's where it is. That is the inspiration for Sonya Blake right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you can just kind of see where they got kind of the powers as well as like some of these more fantastical characters and like a grounded sort of universe kind of feel, which definitely is a just a big thing on the Mortal Kombat uh, games as well as this film. I guess I should mention quickly, I grew up with the games as well as he did. Um, I grew up with this movie as well, which sitting down to watch this, oh, just whiplash inducing nostalgia. I know I've said that already, but uh, oh, dear God. Yeah, well... I think Street Fighter did this too a lot where they, they wanted enough characters from different parts of the world to kind of like appeal to everyone. And 
I mean, Street Fighter's characters were a lot more obviously from different parts of the world than Mortal Kombat's, but like, yeah, whatever they did, they did it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they definitely appealed. So, um, to kind of move a little bit back into filmmaking there, just to say, so this was uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, the guy who has given us now all the masterpieces ranging from the Resident Evil film, Event Horizon, <laughs> Monster Hunter. Three Musketeers. Monster. Exactly. We'll, we'll get to those some of those movies soon. <laughs> but um, this was actually his first like high-budget film. He'd done a movie called Shopping before this, where it was literally he and some friends was driving around in cars really fast and like crashing into shit. It's really interesting. It's not good, but it's really high-octane, high-speed, quick-cutting. It has and nothing could, to do with shopping. Exactly. <laughs> and I could see kind of with that how they were thinking, oh, this is going to be very kind of MTV, like quick cuts, and that's how you have to do it. The thing is, though, it's a movie about a fighting tournament with actual martial artists. You can't really do it that way. So as I was kind of joking with uh, Levy here, it kind of feels like a slightly darker toned episode of Power Rangers, like the Power Rangers <laughs> Halloween special, just in terms of like, the quick cutting that they have to put in there. But um, interesting enough, so... With Jean-Claude Van Damme originally being a big influence on it, funnily enough, and I think we've alluded to this last week, he, uh, the studio, New Line Cinema, actually approached him and said, would you like to play Johnny Cage? And he had to turn it down because he was already cast as Colonel Guile in the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> so it almost came full circle again for him, which I think if they were to bring him in for the next Mortal Kombat movie, the, the next live-action one, since they're oh, teasing yeah. Johnny Cage, I think that would be hilarious to be like, I can't a movie. Yeah, just have Jean-Claude. Um, interesting little casting notes there. Um, so ended up going to Christopher Lambert for the part of Raiden, uh, the titular Highlander from the Highlander movies. Originally, the studio wanted <laughs> Sean Connery. Yes. Who turned it down. The two reasons he expressed was it sounded too physical and he wanted to play golf. <laughs> which to me sounds like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> but um their second choice before they went to Lambert because you think oh well you know you go from one Thailander star to another the second choice of all people was Danny Glover <laughs> I mean granted Glover got really jacked for Predator 2 and stuff like that but <laughs> what <laughs> that would be hilarious I just yeah just it's picturing it shit. no um, famously though, uh, so, uh, Bridget Wilson, uh, who I think, uh, Raider became a master center or something like that at the end of it, uh, for her husband that she, uh, tennis pro that she married, uh, Miss Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison, <laughs> uh, plays Sonia in this. Famously, she was hired after the fact, who's the original actress that was playing her, who trained for over, like, I think it was like over a quarter of a year to in martial arts fighting to try to learn how to do the stunts for it, broke her ankle two weeks before filming started. <laughs> so because of that, and just because of how long they knew it was going to take on that, uh, New Line Cinema, who were working on a couple of their movies at the time, they basically said, okay, how's this? We'll just swap your contract around. You're still under contract. We'll put you in this other movie. And she said, okay, what's this other movie? And they go, uh, it's a movie that we're doing with Jim Carrey. It's called The Mask. You know, it's a, it's a comedy. You don't have to be on your feet too much. 
So anyway, uh, Cameron Diaz's film, first film ended up being The Mask instead of Mortal Kombat. So just think, a Charlie's Angels or Angel could have been in Mortal Kombat kicking the shit out of Kano there. But um, that would have been that would have been great. I mean, what was her name? Bridget. She Bridget Wilson. Eh? She didn't do a great job in this movie, and maybe Cameron Diaz would have been better. But I mean, I. Uh, Sonya's character in the movie was really watered down either way, so who knows? We were kind of joking earlier that just trying to think if this movie was made in like the mid 1980s and stuff like that because it kind of has that sort of like a feel to it in a way as well. Mm-hmm. It was just, I'm just thinking to ourselves, like, who would who have played uh, Sonya in the 1980s? It's like, well, of course, it would just be Bridget Nielsen, and it's just like, yeah, the acting wouldn't have been much better. <laughs> Basically, just female Dolph Lundgren up there. So, but um, yeah. uh, kind of rolling around, uh, along with that, just keep going. Um, you know, they shot the movie. It was a big hit, actually, here in the United States, at least for in terms of video games and stuff like that. Um, kind of like how you were saying that they looked at uh, Street Fighter, the move or the game, and was like, okay, we want to do this completely different. That's exactly what they did with the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> they went, okay. What worked in that? They go, world building. Actually building this fleshed out world. What what didn't work? Everything else. And they're like, okay, but specifically what? Uh, they didn't adhere to the video game. So they're like, okay, if we can kind of make this actually make sense within the world of the video game, that might be the best way of trying to get it. I, I, think, I think this movie did a great job of executing the whole video game movie formula. Um, they put in elements from the game and built some story, but also made the focus like the visuals and the the combat and not making some <laughs> ridiculous plot you know i i think it kind of had the right balance of everything so i liked it yeah and thinking on it though as great as van damme would have actually been as johnny cage in this dear god can you imagine him and christopher lambert having those competing like eastern european accents <laughs> <laughs> Just can't understand anyone. The only one. And the thing is with Christopher Lambert's voice, I like I think his the way he was speaking like really fit the character. Um, maybe not his accent, but <laughs> I mean it is a white guy with blue eyes and white hair, so like you know, some some European accent fits either way, you know. Funnily enough, too, when I was doing a little bit of digging on this, I found out that um, he was kind of the big name for the movie, actually, that they were going to decide, oh, hey, it's Christopher Lambert, you know, he's like the most famous actor in this, you know, he'll get paid the most, and they literally, the only reason there's no fight, fight sequences that involve Raiden was because of how much they didn't have that much to actually pay Lambert to be part of it. Originally, he was only supposed to shoot for like two weeks, all of it in studio shots, in uh in la and lambert who turns out is actually a big video game fan (laughs) but it's funny to think about that i think if they ever actually made a highlander video game he'd probably be like please (laughs) try to get in there but um yeah apparently he was a big enough fan of the series that he's like hey you know if you guys need me i will pay my own way fly to uh thailand and um i forget where else they filmed but yeah actually flew on set for location shots so that way he could actually be with the other actors and just kind of enjoy the filming which is kind of (laughs) cool to hear that i mean for when i hear about the guy he's a nice dude so (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's awesome though like when when the actor is already a fan of the property that's like, yeah, that's awesome. That's when you get someone who cares. 
So it's like Jim Carrey with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Not to go too far into it, but you know that <laughs> you know that man spent many a day just just doped up completely on Adderall playing Sonic the Hedgehog back in the mid nineties. Oh man, we'll have to talk about Sonic another day. I could talk about Sonic. I tell you what, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Uh, kind of the biggest impacting legacy of this movie, though, the one thing we haven't quite touched on yet is the soundtrack to this thing. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the real fun bit. And I've been saving this because I wanted, I just wanted to see the look on your face <laughs> for this. So, originally, the producers of the movie said, we want to have an EDM soundtrack to it, just kind of like that fills mm -hmm. in, you know, like this high, fast, dance beat to it. You know, that's what we need for this movie. Something that you can play at the club, pretty much. And they said that to the record executives. They're like, no, 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 no. The kids these days, that's not what they're listening to. That, that's just, you know, like the kind of fringe groups and stuff like that is listening to that. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to tap into the rock market. You need to have more of a rock soundtrack to it. You know, someone like uh, Van Halen or Janet Jackson. <laughs> Now, keep in mind, I love oh, Ethan Van Hagar as much as the next person. This was the in-between era, right when Gary Sharon was coming in, and no one likes the Gary Sharon era. So, <laughs> yeah, they dodged one hell of a bullet on that. I mean, the soundtrack... I mean, it's it's hard to... You know, it's, it's hard to kind of give it a pass in, you know, 30, almost 30 years later. But... I think at the time, it would have been a lot better than it is now. Hey, now. <laughs> KMFDM's Juke Joint Jezebel was a single for this movie. You take that back, sir. Uh, yeah, I think it really fit the movie, and especially the time. But, yeah, watching it now, it's you you can't help but laugh at a few of the soundtrack oh, choices. God. As I was telling you, uh, originally, there were three... Oh, especially written for the film Stabbing Westward songs included. You know, Stabbing Westward, uh, Nine Inch Nails' little grunge brother? Who couldn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they ended up going, yeah, these aren't going to fit. Let's put it this way, the song of Goral versus Art, you know, everybody's favorite Mortal Kombat character, Art, <laughs> that entire fight is in, is set to a song... Performed by George Clinton and Buckethead, <laughs> and they told and they told Stabbing Westward to take a hike. Bill Clinton on sex. Oh dear God, that's all. Oh my God, you just made me hard. You just made me hard. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. Yes, George Clinton, originally the Funkin' uh, Blues Singer, yes, did a song with Buckethead, famous for being Buckethead. <laughs> Buckethead's crazy, mm -hmm. but yeah, man, the 90s were wild. Ah, dear God, I mean, it gave us both the Scat Man, I mean, <laughs> as well as the Butthole Surfers. I mean, yes, uh, I'm not even talking about the names being connected either, I'm just saying, <laughs> just... Yeah, opposite ends of the spectrum, some number one hits. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, soundtrack was... I wouldn't listen to it in my free time, but they did find an excuse to play the Mortal Kombat theme, like, three times in that movie? 
three times. And now, well, I'm not nearly as hard on the rest of the actual soundtrack as Levy is here. I mean, come on. They got both Fear Factory and Skizza <laughs> in there. I mean, how can you I'm complain just, about that? Uh, just, it's it's just kind of funny because of the, like, it's just it just sounds so dated now, I guess. Oh, definitely. But <laughs> keep this in mind, though. Originally, they wanted the 1990s Van Halen and Janet Jackson to be part of it. <laughs> I wouldn't have been shocked if they, well, no, it was a couple of years before Smash Mouth. I'm trying to think of some other people kind of around that era. Um, Mr. Big probably would have made an appearance in there. Um, Mr. Big. But the big thing is on that, though, is keep this in mind. We can joke as much as we want about that. No one remembers these other songs on there, except maybe Juke Joint Jezebel, because, you know, came after him. But, um, yeah, no joke. This is a soundtrack album for a movie made in the 1990s. Everybody remembers the Mortal Kombat theme, which still bangs pretty damn hard. It does. It do. It do. The Mortal Kombat soundtrack made double platinum in a year <laughs> no way it sold two million it sold a million copies in less than six months what the hell do you... <laughs> in 11 months it sold two million it a total of two million copies which that's nuts hmm. the last time i heard about a soundtrack doing that well was like guardians of the freaking galaxy Jeez. <laughs> yeah that's crazy um yeah, so I guess the movie, what was even the plot? They, they convinced uh, Liu Kang and, and Gang to fight in Mortal Kombat to what, like, save some monk village? Was that what it was? I've seen this movie multiple times, and outside <laughs> of just repeating the word Mortal Kombat and fight sequences, I can't tell you this. <laughs> I cannot tell you the plot. Yeah, it kind of just seems like things are convoluted until they get to like the realm where they're doing Mortal Kombat and introducing all the characters, which I mean that's fine. It's a it's a martial arts movie. I mean, you don't want you don't need deep plot. There ain't a whole lot of let's put it this way, there ain't a whole lot of plot to get in the way of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I don't mind at all. I think I think they did great. Um oh that reminds me. Um so originally when they actually released this to uh focus groups and stuff like that for uh, like screen testing and stuff like that. It came back with one note pretty much. Pretty good, needs more fight sequences. <laughs> so then they went and put the best goddamn fight sequence of the entire movie in, Liu Kang versus Reptile. Which when you see the CGI of Reptile in this, and it looks like Gex Oof. from the Gex games, <laughs> is heroin addicted brother, you're like, how can that be a good fight scene? And that's when they got the great idea. What if we just have it be a ninja in a green gi? Yeah. When they then recorded the best fight sequence of the movie. Yeah, I mean that fight sequence was awesome, but the the funny thing is during the movie the reptile I compared the animation to Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and Elmer compared the animation to the Donkey Kong Country TV show. <laughs> Speaking of which, one of those is an episode coming up soon, and the other one is about to be a major motion picture. I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> I'll guess. I'll let you guess which one. Both of us, or one of them, one of us is excited for, and the other one, the other one is excited. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we, I mean, maybe we'll let that episode be a surprise, but 
Yeah, surprised it will be. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, let's just say you would know this leader of the bunch well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they kind of like introduce, they introduce like Goro pretty early on as like the guy to beat. You know, like he's got four arms. He's really awkwardly puppeteered and so the concept <laughs> of goro in this movie is an admirable one um as someone who has met members of amalgamated dynamics uh, a couple of times as well as just knowing their pedigree you know amalgamated dynamics these are guys who started out and they worked with you know the great stan winston the guy who gave us the terminator aliens <laughs> the dinosaurs in jurassic park these are guys that worked with him, and they later went on and they did Tremors, and the later Alien sequels, and the later Predator movies and stuff like that. And you know, Coral is an impressive-looking puppet. It's eight or nine feet. No, it's nine feet tall. It has four arms, fully articulated head on it. It looks like a goddamn Ninja Turtles character. <laughs> it took thirteen to sixteen people to. Hey, baby. Yeah. It took 13 to 16 people to animate this damn thing. <laughs> and I think they probably would have gotten more of their budgets worth if they just would have hired Shaquille O'Neal to stand there with Rob Schneider and a baby Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, I think it was funny. Uh, Elmer pointed out, like, in some of the long shots when the camera, you know, zooms out, you can tell it's just a guy with, like, a, a rig on, on his shoulders to, <laughs> to wear Goro, you know, with, <laughs> with his arms. Uh, Funnily enough, though, I did really notice this time um, that look of Goro in this looks a lot like a combination of Bolo Young, who is the main bad guy, uh, Chun-Li. Uh, not that Chun-Li. <laughs> the Chun-Li from Bloodsport mixed with the main bad guy from Kickboxer, actually. And better, though, is when you go and watch the new Mortal Kombat from 2021, which we just... I, me and the missus did recently... No joke, um, Goro and that looks just like Bolo Young. It's just like, <laughs> did he get paid for that? I hope he got paid for that. <laughs> I mean, that rat tail doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> you should get Jesse the Body Ventura in there to, oh yeah, to get another rat tail in on this game. <laughs> oh, Mintaro <laughs> for the sequel. Oh yeah, I'm a horse person. <laughs> oh yeah. Giddy sure. up. Give me a mustache, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so then, yeah, they introduce Goro right away, and then it's pretty much just fight scenes until the end. You know, they beat everyone. Um, Katana tries to help them out, and... Uh, yeah, then... Uh, tries to help them out with, like, pleasantries, and just by saying, it was just don't let what happened to my world happen to your world, and... I look like a prototype Gal Gadot, but I can actually act. So. <laughs> yeah, I think they just like needed like, oh, we need to put another character from the game in the movie. Uh, we'll just put Katana in here and like give her a handful of lines. Oh, good job. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they end up like, what Sonya ends up getting like held hostage or whatever, and they go after her and they win the fight. I don't know. It was kind of just like fight after fight after fight until the end of the movie but um definitely a fun watch oh definitely no i yeah. <clears throat> no uh, like i said i 
as much as I rag on this movie for not having a lot of plot or whatnot, at the same time, it's just all nostalgic fun. Just sort of mm-hmm. that same sort of flat-looking 1990s cinematography coupled with the clearly overproduced, just fake-looking backgrounds that you're like, no, that's styrofoam, that's styrofoam, that's plastic, that's styrofoam. Uh, just the most inappropriate music possible, but at the same <laughs> time, it fits perfectly. And overacting this side of a um, of a soap opera, it's like how can this be any more perfect? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, definitely nostalgic. I like I said, it's not objectively a good movie, but it, it's one I've watched many times and will probably watch again, like within the next six months. Now, just think, buddy. He did this. Screen Gems, Sony Screen Gems, a major motion picture company. Took one look at Paul W.S. Anderson and said, yes, this is the man who needs to be the frontrunner for the highest grossing video game franchise in cinematic history. Then again, how many of those damn movies did they make? Mortal Kombat movies? No. Tomb Raiders? The other one. Uh... Oh, Resident Evil. That's what it was. Uh, I think they made like four or five. It's got to be more than that. It, it's, it, it probably is. I have a bunch of them downloaded, but oh boy, I never liked the Resident Evil. Spoiler alert. I never liked the Resident Evil movies. Neither did I. So, <laughs> Speaking of which, we both had our minds blown this week when we found out, oh yeah, there's a new Resident Evil movie out on, th- yeah. on Friday. And we're just like, wait, what? <laughs> How did we of all people miss that? Like, <laughs> really. But, uh, yeah, for me, the movie was definitely a bop. I enjoy it every time I watch it. Uh, it's one of those movies that's a good, bad movie. You watch it, and you enjoy it, uh, and you laugh at it. But it laughs at itself sometimes, so... Oh, yeah. The entire character of Raiden in this is pointing out just the flaw and the stupidity in and of itself. <laughs> the best part. It's Christopher Lambert. Yeah. In the most melodramatic... Awesome action movie of all time. Yeah. That's not The Rock. Uh, <laughs> Pylander. So. <laughs> so why was it a bop for you? Uh, two words. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> that soundtrack to this day <laughs> is awesome. Or maybe not the soundtrack. That song. The theme song, yeah, for sure. Anytime I see what look, looks like about two people about ready to, just to throw hands, you know, get down and kick <laughs> some ass, I will hear that just pop into the back of my mind somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. You can put that over the top of any fight scene in any movie. The Matrix, you know, Agent Smith versus Neo. You know, you have that kick in. Uh, yeah. Uh, just trying to think off the top of my head quickly. Uh, the Terminator films, you have, you know, T-1000 versus, you know, the T-800. Mortal Kombat kicks in. This flawless. <laughs> but, uh, no, on top of that, like I said, just kind of the nostalgia factor, just kind of that era of when they would make movies and just what they would put into it it just mm-hmm. there's just an a little edge i wouldn't say an edge this a little bit of chintz to it that i just love yeah you know when you're sitting on a boat and you can see the fog machine in the background is rolling <laughs> over the edge and you're lighting it with a blue light in the background that oh, makes it look man. like you're standing next to a freaking neon sign they, they use that oh. blue lighting multiple times throughout this movie it's awful <laughs> <laughs> you know it's nighttime now <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna give them uh cinematography tips so yeah no i i'm colorblind so i can't really either <laughs> but at the same time i'm like mm, 
doesn't that doesn't look natural. Yeah. Oh, oh, may we forget the ADR in this film? Oh my god. Yeah, there's there's definitely like it's not every scene, but there's definitely a lot of scenes where it's like your soul is, is mine. Is is the audio dubbed over right now? <laughs> yep. Definitely a few scenes like they're standing next to the ocean. You can hear them as clear as day. It doesn't quite line up with their with their mouth movements, and then you can't hear the ocean at all. It's just dead silent. Bodie from Point Break looks like he should be going on one last wave in the background, <laughs> and you can't hear any crash against the giant friggin' rock they're standing on. Yeah. Although at the same time, though, in the original game, though, how often would you hear "Is that your best"? fatality <laughs> finish him flawless victory yeah. and so in a way it does kind of fit the game in a way but it just stands out so much yeah it was fun but um yeah we're gonna wrap it up here um we don't have any subscriptions or patrons to list off this week i'm guessing everyone is uh, not here for the live show because of thanksgiving so if you want to send um, us questions to read off on the podcast you can email us at the game link pod at gmail.com you can also um, support us on patreon where you'll get access to our q a's and eventually our bonus episodes um, that's over at uh, patreon.com slash game link and uh, for all you audio listeners um, yeah if you go to anchor.fm slash game dash link i know that's kind of awkward but uh there there you can find everywhere else you can catch our podcast uh, should be on pretty much anything and if there's a service that we're not on that you'd like us to be on let us know and we'll make that happen but Ooh, um, podbean you know plenty of people that search along on that thing oh podbean i mean there's a lot i've never heard of but i think we're on like 10 different platforms right now so we're gonna end the podcast if there's anyone uh sticking around in in chat we'll do a q a anyway that's it for episode three anything else you got elmer i'm good all right well uh thanks for watching or listening have a good night guys stay safe stay sexy